If your happy ending is no more joint pain, please try Sierra Sil with a money-back guarantee. It's all-natural joint pain relief that's changed our lives. Sierra, like the mountains, and Sil, like silicon. Go to sierrasil.com. Use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, my name is Erin, and welcome to DRIFT, made possible by Envy Pillow. Created by two registered nurses in Canada, Envy Pillow has a unique ergonomic design to reduce wrinkles, help with TMJ pain, and align your neck and spine. Learn more in the morning at Envy, envypillow.com. I want you to relax, really relax. Take a deep breath, and as you do so, let that inhale go all the way to your feet. Then exhale, letting the heaviness of the day leave your body with it. Again, inhale and exhale. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. Feel yourself sinking into your bed, your mattress cradling you, your pillow absorbing all of your cares and the thoughts that will wait. For right now, this is for you. Just give yourself this gift of imagination, of a well-loved fairy tale of a brave boy and an aggrieved ogre with an overly trusting wife. It's Jack and the Beanstalk, written centuries ago by Joseph Jacobs and lovingly reimagined here for you for Drift by Anita Reynolds MacArthur. Let's drift. A long, long time ago, in a faraway land with rolling hills and babbling brooks, there lived a heartbroken widow. She had an only son named Jack and a cow named Spots. They did not have much at all to show for their name. In fact, all they had to live on was the milk that Spots gave every morning. They carried the precious creamy liquid to town each day and sold it at the market. But one morning, Spots gave no milk. Oh no, the widow was panic-stricken. What shall we do? What shall we do? cried the widow, wringing her hands. Cheer up, mother. I'll go and get work somewhere, said Jack. We've tried that before, dear boy, and nobody would hire you. We have no choice. We must sell spots. And with the money we get for her, we will keep our home. Or perhaps even do something, like open a shop in town. Something. All right, mother, said Jack rather reluctantly, for he had grown fond of sweet old spots. To market, I shall go. I'll head into town today. I'll sell spots, and then we'll see what we can do. So after giving the cow a loving pat, he took her halter in his hand, and off he went. He hadn't gone far 
when he met a dapper old man who tipped his hat and said to him, Good morning, Jack. Good morning to you, said Jack, wondering how the old man knew his name. Well, Jack, and where are you off to? I'm going to market to sell our cow. Oh, you look the proper sort of chap to sell cows, said the man with a chuckle. I wonder if you know how many beans make five. Two in each hand and one in your mouth, replied Jack. Right you are, exclaimed the man, and here they are, the very beans themselves. He retrieved from his pocket a number of rather large beans. As you are so sharp, dear boy, I don't mind doing a swap with you. Your cow for these here beans, suggested the man. Is this some kind of a joke, asked Jack, for even though he was young, he had not been born yesterday, nor the day before, for that matter. Ha <laughs> You don't know what these beans are, replied the man. If you plant these magical beans overnight, by morning they will have grown right up to the sky. Really, said Jack, you don't say. Yes, that is so, and if it doesn't turn out to be true, you can have your cow back, said the man very matter-of-factly. After mulling it over, for what seemed to be a very long minute, considering the wisdom of the trade and envisioning his mother hugging him and congratulating him on his brilliant transaction, Jack handed over Spot's halter to him in exchange for the five large beans. Jack was so pleased with himself that he practically ran all the way back home. His mother wasn't expecting him so soon and was startled to hear him calling for her as he breathlessly burst through the drafty front door. What? Back from market already, Jack? said his mother. I see you haven't got spots, so you've sold her. How much did you get for her? You'll never guess, mother, said Jack excitedly. No, you don't say so. Good boy, exclaimed his mother. Five pounds? No, wait, ten? Fifteen? No, it can't be twenty. <laughs> I told you you couldn't guess, giggled Jack. What do you say to these? He pulled the large beans out of his pocket, showing them off proudly to his mother. They're magical. Plant them overnight and what? shrieked Jack's mother. You were supposed to sell spots for money not a set of paltry beans. She was so distraught with the realization that they had no cow and no money and no hope and, well, no nothing, that she burst into tears and set off to bed without any dinner. Jack felt awful. How could he be so gullible as to upset his mother like this? She was right. They had no cow and no money to show for her. He went upstairs to his tiny, cramped room in the attic 
he too would go to bed without any dinner. Next to his bed was an open window. He sat on the bed's edge, gazed up at the twinkling stars, and then looked down at the large beans in his hand. Useless, he thought, and he flung the beans out of his window. He flopped back onto his pillow. His face awash in tears, poor Jack dropped off to sleep. When he awoke the next morning, the room looked different. The sun normally shone in. The golden light, however, was flooding into part of the room, while the rest was quite dark and shady. Jack rubbed his eyes and sat up to look out the window. And what do you think he saw? Why, the beans he had thrown out of the window into the garden the night before had sprung up into a big beanstalk, a giant green pole covered in curled branches and leaves, and it went up and up and up until it reached the sky. So the dapper old man hadn't been lying after all. The beanstalk grew up quite close past Jack's window. All he had to do was climb out onto the edge and jump onto the beanstalk. So he did. Holding on tight, Jack looked up. The beanstalk was made like a big pleated ladder. Jack climbed, and he climbed, and he climbed, and he climbed, till at last he reached the sky. And when he got there, he found a long, broad road going as straight as an arrow. So he walked along. And he walked along, and he walked along, and he walked along, till he came to a great big tall house. On the doorstep, there was a great big tall woman. Good morning, ma'am, said Jack, as politely as he could. Would you be so kind as to give me some breakfast? Jack was famished. He hadn't eaten anything, you'll recall not even dinner the night before. It's breakfast you want, is it? Said the great big tall woman. You'd best be on your way. My husband is an ogre, and he has no tolerance for strangers. You'd better be moving on, or he'll soon be coming. Oh, please, ma'am, do give me something to eat, ma'am, pleaded Jack. I've had nothing to eat since yesterday morning. Really and truly, ma'am, he continued to beg. The ogre's wife wasn't such a bad sort after all. So she took Jack into the kitchen and gave him a chunk of bread and a slab of cheese and a jug of milk. But Jack had not half finished these when thump, thump, thump the whole house began to tremble with the noise of someone coming. Goodness gracious me, it's my husband, exclaimed the ogre's wife. What on earth shall I do? Here, come quick and jump in. 
She motioned Jack into the kitchen and bundled him into the oven just as the ogre came in. Through a small air vent in the door of the oven, Jack peered out and could see a figure joining the woman in the kitchen. He was a big one, to be sure. A giant, no less. He lumbered over to the table and said, I'm starving. Bring me my br- What's this I smell? The ogre drew in a deep breath. Fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the scent of an Englishman. Be he young or be he old, I'll keep him here to make more gold. Nonsense, dear, said his wife. You're dreaming, or perhaps you're smelling the delicious breakfast I'm making for you. Here now, go wash up, and by the time you come back, your breakfast will be ready for you. So the ogre did as he was told. Jack was ready to jump out of the oven and run off when the woman stopped him. Wait till he's asleep, she said. My husband always has a snooze after breakfast. Well, the ogre ate his hearty, delicious breakfast. When his belly was full, he got up from the table and walked over to a big chest. He opened it, reached his hand inside, and pulled out two bags of gold coins. He sat down in his favorite chair and started counting them. He grew tired as he counted. His head began to nod, and as he fell asleep, he snored so loudly that the whole house started to shake. Jack crept out on tiptoe from the oven, being ever so careful not to disturb the sleeping ogre. As he passed the slumbering giant's chair, Jack snuck one of the bags of gold under his arm and ran like the dickens till he came to the beanstalk. He threw down the bag of gold coins, which of course fell into his mother's garden. And then he climbed down and climbed down till at last he got home. When Jack came in through the front door, his mother jumped in surprise. She thought he was still up in his room, pondering his terrible mistake. Where on earth have you been, boy? She asked. Jack told his mother all about his incredible adventure. Then he ran out to the garden and retrieved the bag of gold coins and said proudly, Well, mother, wasn't I right about the beans? They are really magical after all. Jack's mother nodded. She was brimming with pride and gave the boy the hug he had imagined just the day before. They lift off the contents of the bag of gold coins for some time, but at last they came to the bottom of the sack. Jack made up his mind to try his luck one more time at the top of the beanstalk. So, one fine morning, he got up early, climbed out his window, 
and jumped onto the beanstalk. Jack climbed, and he climbed, and he climbed, and he climbed, till at last he reached the sky. And when he got there, he found the long, broad road, going as straight as an arrow. He walked the road again and came to the great big tall house. It was the same one he had been to before. There, sure enough, was the great big tall woman standing on the doorstep. Good morning, ma'am, said Jack, as bold as brass. Could you be so good as to give me something to eat? Go away, young lad, replied the big tall woman dismissively. Aren't you the rascal who came here once before? Do you know, that very day, my husband missed one of his bags of gold coins? Hmm, that's strange, ma'am, said Jack. I dare say. I could tell you something about that, but I'm so hungry I can't speak till I've had something to eat. The big tall woman became very curious indeed. She took him in and gave him something to eat. But he had scarcely begun munching when thump, thump, thump. They heard the giant's footsteps and his wife hid Jack away in the oven once again. All happened as it did before. In came the ogre, as he did before. He sat at the table, ready to eat his enormous breakfast just as he did before. The ogre drew in a deep breath. Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the scent of an Englishman. Be he young or be he old, I'll keep him here to make more gold. Nonsense, dear, said his wife. You're dreaming. Or perhaps you're smelling your delicious breakfast. Here now, it's time you fill that belly. So the ogre did as he was told. When he was finished eating, he turned to his wife and said, bring me the hen that lays the golden eggs. So she brought it, and the ogre said, lay. And the hen laid an egg of pure gold. Then the ogre began to nod his head and to snore so loudly that the house shook. Jack shoved open the oven door and quietly climbed out. He tiptoed past the slumbering giant and caught hold of the golden hen. He tried to make a run for it, but the hen gave a cackle which woke the ogre. Jack ran like the wind to get out of the house. He heard the groggy ogre calling, Wife, what have you done with my golden hen? And the wife said, what? Why, my dear? And then there was a terrific noise of raised voices and angry words. But that was all Jack heard, 
for he rushed off to the beanstalk and hurriedly climbed down the beanstalk. Down, down, down he went, until he reached the ground. And when he got home, he showed his mother the wonderful hen. Lay, he said to the hen, and it laid a golden egg. Every time he said lay, another golden egg appeared. Jack's mother was bursting with pride and relief that once again they had kept the wolves from the door and were going to be all right. But the excitement of the adventure in the sky, combined with the love he felt from his mother for having taken such a prominent role as provider in their small household, had Jack determined to press his luck up there at the top of the beanstalk once more. So, one fine morning, he got up early, climbed out of his window. Jack climbed and he climbed, and he climbed and he climbed, till at last he reached the sky. And when he got there, he found the long, broad road going as straight as an arrow. He walked the road again and came to the great, big, tall house. This time, he knew better than to knock on the door. He hid behind a bush till he saw the ogre's wife come out with a pail to get some water. Without her noticing, Jack crept into the house, climbed up the drawer handles as though they were a ladder, and quietly hid in the empty copper kettle that sat atop the stove. I do hope they don't have tea today, he thought to himself. He didn't have to wait long to find out, for in a short time he heard thump, 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 and in came the ogre and his wife. The ogre drew in a deep breath. Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the scent of an Englishman. Be he young or be he old, I'll keep him here to make more gold. I smell him, wife, cried the ogre. Where is he hiding? Hmm, pondered the wife. If it's that small rogue that stole your gold coins and the hen that laid the golden eggs, he's sure to be hiding in the oven. And they both rushed to the oven. But Jack wasn't there. Maybe you're just smelling the delicious breakfast I made for you, said the ogre's wife. So the ogre sat down at the table and ate the bountiful breakfast his wife had prepared for him. Well, I could have sworn, he muttered. He got up from the table with food still on his plate to search the pantry and the cupboards. He scoured high and low throughout the kitchen, slamming doors and clattering pots and pans as he searched. Lucky for Jack, the giant didn't think to look in the copper kettle. After breakfast was over, 
the ogre called out, Wife, bring me my golden harp. So she brought it and put it on the table before him. Then he said, Sing. And the golden harp sang most beautifully, with a sound that even angels would surely envy. And it went on singing till the ogre fell asleep and he began to snore like thunder. Oh, the house shook. Jack lifted up the lid of the copper kettle ever so gingerly and climbed down off the stove to the floor below. He crept on hands and knees till he got to the golden harp. Then he snatched it away from its resting spot and dashed with it towards the door. But the harp called out quite loud, Master, master. The ogre woke up just in time to see a small figure, just a young man, really, running off with his golden harp. Jack ran like the dickens, and the ogre came rushing after. When Jack got to the beanstalk, the ogre was not far down the road behind him. Don't look back, don't look down, he said to himself, jumping onto the beanstalk and beginning his descent as fast as he could. Meanwhile, huffing and puffing and shaking the ground around him, the ogre ran with all his might down the long road. As he paused to wipe his brow, he noticed that Jack had disappeared. He resumed his pursuit, and when he got to the end of the road, the ogre looked below. There was a beanstalk that went down, 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 as far as the eye could see. Just then, the golden harp cried out, Master, master. The ogre stretched out his hand to grab the beanstalk, but it was just out of reach. He stretched a bit further, but the beanstalk started to sway. Back and forth, and back and forth. Why won't the beanstalk stay still long enough for me to grab hold of it, thought the giant, as he grew more and more agitated. What the ogre didn't know is that Jack had climbed down all the way to the ground. He had grabbed an axe from the woodpile and begun furiously chopping at the beanstalk. Chop, 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 went the axe. The beanstalk swayed back and forth and back and forth. Jack gave another chop, this time with all of his might, and the beanstalk was cut in two. There was no way the ogre could grasp it now. It began to topple over. Down, down, down it came. Jack's mother ran out of the house and hugged her brave son. Once more, her heart was full of pride. 
And when he explained to her the gifts of the golden harp, they knew they would never want for anything ever again. Jack and his mother found a buyer for that harp. Not the dapper man with his pockets full of beans, but a collector of curiosities and antiquities who swore he knew a king who would love to have this very thing. Arrangements were made for Jack and his mother to meet that king, who, well, had a beautiful daughter who had been searching for a young man with heart and bravery, a boy who could provide for her and make her laugh, and with whom she could raise a family of children to call their own. Jack and the princess were married in a grand ceremony, after which guests threw not rice, not birdseed, but of course, beans. Jack and his princess and Jack's mother lived in a grand castle they named Beansworth. And yes, their children, five, one for each of the magical beans that began this tale, were epic climbers. Not to worry. There were bars on the bedroom windows. And so they all lived happily ever after. No beans, no cows, no hens, no harps nor even ogres were harmed in the telling of this story. So drift off and sweet dreams.